Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of the Good Samaritan HealthCast. I'm your host, Clint Cubo, and today I will be handing it off to Mallory Hughes. She will be talking with Don Hendrickson, a registered nurse, and they will be talking about World Prematurity Awareness Day and month and um, postpartum depression and prenatal care and all of that kind of stuff. So Mallory, take it away. All right. Thanks, Clint. Um, today I'm here with Don Hendrickson, and she is in Dr. Work's office, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, it is. I am now full-time Dr. Works nurse. All right, cool. And then what is your background? And tell me a little bit about yourself and how long you've been here at Good Samaritan. Absolutely. Would love to. So I've been at Good Samaritan now for 16 years. Wow. Um, that has all been women's health and OB. So I spent 14 years as an inpatient bedside nurse on our OB department. And the last two years, I've been Dr. Work's full-time nurse. Um, I do continue to work the floor. Um, I teach prepared childbirth classes, and I teach infant CPR as well. So I really, really um, have a passion for moms, babies, and families. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like you stay busy. Yes. Okay, and then we are speaking with you today because today and this month is uh, what do you? It's prematurity. Yes, month. prematurity awareness month. Um, so March of Dimes really um, focuses a lot and does a lot of research and planning um, to help prevent premature um, premature deli- premature deliveries. Excuse me. <laughs> um, so one in ten babies are born premature. Um, and so that is a lot of focus on trying to prevent those premature deliveries. Um, a lot of extra um, time, cost, you know, risk factors go into those babies that are born too early. So today is actually the Prematurity Awareness Day. Wow. Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit more. So let's talk about before or during pregnancy, how can one, and I don't, I know not all premature babies can be prevented, Correct. but what are some steps that, you know, moms can take to kind of uh, decrease that risk? Yeah. So number one would be preconception thought process. So for most uh, men and women, men and women or families that are thinking about becoming pregnant, there's things you can do prior to even becoming pregnant, Um, taking a prenatal vitamin, maybe putting into folic acid um, into your vitamins, um, you know, seeing your OBGYN to kind of go over any significant health history or concerns. Now, realistically, most of us you usually just get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always planned. So is it's it? not always planned, and that's just fine. And that you know, and that is okay. So once we know we're pregnant, the first step that women can do to help with a healthy, happy pregnancy would be prenatal care. Um, so we really want moms to contact the office once they have a positive pregnancy test. In general, for most of the providers, we're going to get those patients in about eight to 10 weeks um, of pregnancy. Not a whole lot to do earlier, but again, we're going to tell them you need to be taking your prenatal vitamin. Um, So then once we get established, you know, and the pregnancy is getting off the ground, we are going to do regular prenatal care, regular appointments. We are going to pay attention to any warning signs um, that we might experience um, and be able to catch so we can prevent those preterm births. Right. And so I know kind of prenatal care is not always popular around here. It seems like a lot of women are missing out on that part. What, I guess, in your opinion, or what have you seen? Why are they missing 
those appointments so much? Um, I do think we have a couple of things in our community. Um, we have transportation issue is huge for our patient population. Um, we are super excited. We've got the safety pin program for our perinatal navigator that is really getting off um, with uh, Cassandra DeBoer taking mm-hmm. the lead on that. And that's going to help. They're going to help fill in that gap and maybe get some of these women that are missing appointments to that. Um, We have a wide variety of cultural um, differences in our community now. So sometimes translation, the communication barrier, um, sometimes is hard. You know, we definitely are thankful for like the Cryocom and our translating apps. Um, But sometimes that makes those regular appointments Right. Hard. Um, you know, I have some women who have a fear um, if they've had a substance use problem or maybe they've had a, you know, traumatic history with something. Sometimes there's hesitancy from them to get there and get those appointments in. So I feel like we've come a long way. All of our providers really um, try to encourage and make it a peaceful, safe environment to get those people there. Right. And I know you kind of touched upon, like, um, things we should do while pregnant, but I just didn't know if you want to go in a little bit more detail about how important nutrition is and weight and fitness. And I feel like it's always mixed. You know, know, I've had one friend who couldn't eat lunch meat, and the other one's like, well, I don't care. I'll eat it, you know. (laughs) So is there really anything that is, I guess, more important than the rest as far as, like, preventing the premature? Sure. So, yeah, nutrition is so important. And I think, um, in general— we neglect that in our lives. Um, For pregnancy, we want women to have a well-rounded, balanced diet, lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, um, you know, minimizing carbs and starches, which is hard for all of us. Um, But for pregnancy, we really want those healthy foods. It's okay to splurge now and then. We're going to be honest. You know, I would never um, condone a woman for being like, oh, you know, I went out and had cake last night. That's okay. But overall, that well-rounded, healthy diet. Um, We do have some increased calorie needs that are coming in in second and third trimester. Um, And healthy weight gain goes into that nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, So an average healthy pregnancy, 20 to 25 pounds. Now, you know, if somebody's coming into that severely underweight, you know, they might need to gain up to 35 Somebody overweight might need to minimize it maybe to 10 to 15. But a healthy weight gain, regardless of our weight going in, is super important. Um, And there's been a lot of research that says that that's going to help prevent those preterm deliveries. Um, So, yeah, that nutrition, exercise, um, you know, unless your doctor has said, no, you can't do this. Women should be active, you know, walking daily. If you've been in an exercise program, whether it's, you know, at a gym or you do CrossFit, you should maintain that. Keep that up. Those people are going to work with you and make sure that you're safe. But that is super important for a healthy pregnancy as well. Great. Um, And then, of course, you know, we do see here, which I'm sure they see everywhere in all hospitals, you know, babies that come in with um, addictions because their mother was suffering from some type of alcohol or drug addiction. So 
What is like, I know you mentioned the uh, safety pin grant, but is there other avenues that mothers can take who are struggling with this or just need some more help with that aspect? Absolutely. So I think that we have done much better about having an open mind and helping these families. Um, Most women who struggle with addiction aren't struggling, aren't doing it because, hey, I want to do this. Um, You know, addiction is real and it is powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, So by being open about it in the offices and having that open line of communication between patient and provider, then using our resources in our community. Um, Sabrina Fiscus, who is the peer recovery specialist right now with the uh, Navigator program, does wonderful work. We've got our mental health facilities, you know, you got Samaritan Center, you've got the Willows, depending on mom's age and what we can get her enrolled in. Um, And just again, being open and presenting yourself to these women as I'm here to take care of you. I'm not here to punish you. Right. um, Because that's the number one thing. If women feel scared or threatened, they might try to stay away from us. Mm -hmm. And that's not, that should not be our goal. As providers, um, we want them to come in and get the help, seek the treatment, um, and be successful and hopefully battling the addiction. You know, I have women that, you know, succeed that during pregnancy, and I have some women that that doesn't come until later. Um, but we do want to give these women care, and we do need to pay attention to their pregnancy a little bit closer because that is a high risk. Right. And especially today, and, you know, we blame COVID for everything, but We were just so focused on being alone and staying away that, you know, a lot of people turn to alcohol. So it's kind of hard to go from this, I'm going to have a drink every day, and then all of a sudden, no, I can't. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that. And then I also want to, you know, talk about even, you know, prevention, you can't always prevent. You cannot. So let's touch upon how even though you may have a premature baby at Good Samaritan, we are equipped to take care of your child. Yes, we are. Proudly to say, and you know, a lot of people in the community, numbers don't mean a lot, but we are a level two Mm -hmm. newborn and maternity care um, facility. So we can take care of those high-risk pregnancies. We can take care of those premature babies. Um, 32 weeks by our standard of what our level two is, is kind of our minimum. But then our doctors really have to look at that sometimes. So that 32 to 34-week marker, depending on does mom have a significant drug history, is baby growth restricted on top of the prematurity, we might utilize shipping them out. But otherwise, yes, we are more than capable and equipped of handling these moms and babies. We have a great OB team. Um, Our pediatric team is wonderful. Uh, We have availability for, you know, um, oxygen, uh, CPAP, surfactant use, um, you know, monitoring. Um, A lot of these kids, depending on how early they are, they're kind of growers and feeders. Mm -hmm. So we just have to keep them longer. Um, So our pediatric team does a great job of taking care of those babies when they are born early. And unfortunately, like you said, sometimes we just can't prevent it. Um, We know risk factors. We know things that can help, but sometimes it just happens. Yeah. And aren't they, even the new parents, aren't they welcome back or have an appointment to check weight and everything and to make sure everything's going all right? Even if they were healthy, you know, and they made it full term, they still come back, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's great to point out um, Ava Allender, our lactation consultant, who we've been so lucky to have a full-time lactation consultant on board now. Um, She is always willing to bring these families in and do those weight checks and assess how things are going. Um, Some families, especially if they're born a little 
little early. Maybe they didn't have a pediatrician lined up just yet. So yes, they can come back into our hospital, get a weight, you know, and kind of assess how things are going with them. And that is, again, premature or a completely healthy term baby. Right. And so on the flip side of that, so we've been talking about premature delivery, but I also want to touch upon postpartum care because not only for the baby, but for the mom. And I'm, I'm really happy that it's a lot more out there now, that it's okay to be, you know, depressed or sad after baby because you just expect or you see in the movies, you have to be happy all the time. And you should, I mean, you are, you're blessed with this new life, but this new life, it can be hard. Absolutely. And I agree. I think that we are much better about tackling this and talking about it openly to realize that we can't always control the hormonal fluctuations. Or if we had, you know, especially again, if you have extra stressors, Mm -hmm. if you had an early baby or maybe you had a long labor, maybe, you know, you went from a vaginal delivery to a C-section. And all of that can definitely um, accumulate for our mental health. Um, We here at Good Sam, we do utilize um, a postnatal depression scale. So before moms even leave, they're kind of filling out this form to help us. Um, What can we do if mom is already struggling? Um, A lot of times our pediatric groups are great about repeating this scale because they usually see these moms like Mm -hmm. in a week because the baby's going in in a week. Right. And then at their four-week postpartum appointment, we do it again um, and just really address how you doing, mom? Um, you know, sometimes it's minor things. Um, sometimes, you know, we're looking at counseling, therapy. There's so many resources just in general out there um, that we can access. Moms can, you know, blog. They can go to some social media sites that are really healthy um, to get through the, some of those challenges. And absolutely, there's nothing wrong as a woman um, or a dad, honestly, mm-hmm. to say, hey, I'm having a hard time. I need a little help. Right. They tend to cry a lot. So it can, it can yes. be a little overwhelming. Yes. And women especially, I always say we kind of have that normal kind of emotional up and down a little yes. bit. You know, especially as first-time parents, we're adjusting to a newborn schedule. Um, you know, if we're breastfeeding, we're learning breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, we're sore. We maybe went to, hey, I used to be able to sleep eight hours a night too. Oh, I got three. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot going on. And Absolutely. I think as women, we're just used to like just handling it all and just shoving it down and just making it work. Yep. And then, you know, sometimes you just need to let it out. You do. Talk to somebody. You do. Um, and you also mentioned, I'm kind of flip-flopping here, but you also, you know, talked about going from, you know, vaginal delivery to cesarean. But there's other options as far, I mean, not delivery options, but like as far as like um, relaxation techniques and stuff for delivery. So what are some of the new things we're doing here um, at, on the OB unit? So we are, we've got a great group of nurses and we have really started to incorporate a more natural physiological birth for women who prefer that. Mm-hmm. So yes, we definitely, um, you know, especially in my classes, we do stretches, Um, relaxation techniques as far as breathing. Um, We've got the birthing ball on our unit. We've got peanut balls. We've got the Cub Scout um, positioning device. So we've got a lot of tools that will get moms 
out of the bed. Um, you know, then we have, of course, epidural placement. Mm-hmm. Um, so women um, who choose to go that route, they're going to have availability from that, from anesthesia. Um, we have um, like just IV pain medication as an option to kind of help take a little bit off there. Um, so we've come a f- long way in what we offer our women in labor um, to help them get through those processes. Um, Super proud. I brag on us all the time. We are doing things here at our little hospital Mm -hmm. that other places aren't doing standard. So we've got um, delayed cord clamping, which has been shown to improve outcomes for babies. So now it's not something you have to ask for. At every birth, the baby's going to be born. The doc's going to wait until that cord's done pulsating. Then we're going to cut and clamp so that baby gets that last dose of oxygen and kind of blood from mom. We've got skin to skin. Mm -hmm. Skin to skin is beautiful. Again, I've been doing this 16 years and... You know, I always laugh back in the day. We kind of whisk the baby away (laughs) and do everything because we thought we were better. And now it's such a more gentle environment um, for these families. Um, And I always tell my dads, if mom, for some reason, can't do skin to skin, we want our dads to Mm -hmm. do it. Um, They're super important, too. So um, a lot of really great things coming out of our OB department. Um, Our girls do regular educations. Spinning Babies is a wonderful um, conference that several of us had went to, and it really incorporates, again, that physiological birth for moms. Great. Um, You talked about the prenatal classes. So, you know, I have friends that have, you know, two or three kids, and they're always like, well, I've already been to prenatal class. I don't need to go again. Is it important for, you know, to get a little refresher sometimes to learn? I do. I encourage. um, And, you know, with uh, Ava and I, um, with our classes, I really encourage moms who have already had one, like first-time parents, definitely. You Mm -hmm. should get in there. You you get a lot out of that. Um, For moms who have had maybe two or three, depending on how they've been spaced out, um, it could be beneficial to pick up one or two of the classes. You might not need all of it, but maybe do a breastfeeding refresher, maybe do a labor and delivery refresher because things change. Um, you know, if, if it was just last year, eh, you know, but if it's been a couple years, I definitely encourage women to kind of pick and choose a little bit of what they go into for those right. um, because there's a lot of really great information. Um, we've got a couple of other girls that kind of help, but uh, they're having babies right now. Oh. So um, <laughs> basically, Abe and I have been doing them lately. Yeah. And then those classes, um, we just talked before we got on here that um, we're at the new book for 2022 is going to be coming out. And then there's going to be some classes posted on our social media page. Um, so was there anything that we didn't discuss that you would like to touch upon? I kind of made a full circle here, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we hit a lot of the highlights. Um, again, I just always want to encourage women and families, you know, to advocate for themselves, be the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, if something doesn't feel right, you need to let us know as your providers. Um, I have so many women who call and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm bugging you again. Um, and that's not ever the case. Um, I would much rather Um, we bring in a woman and get her checked out and send her home and everything's fine versus maybe she was sitting at home at 34 weeks contracting or leaking fluid and didn't call and come. So as um, patients, I always feel like they need to be comfortable reaching out to their providers and talking to the nursing staff and saying, hey, um, I'm not sure if this is okay. Absolutely. (laughs) 
Okay. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having it's me. It's been great. Thank you. Yes. And that brings us to a close of this episode of the HealthCast. Mallory, I'd like to thank you for uh, taking over this episode and Don for coming up here and answering some questions for us. And next week, there will be no um, HealthCast. So it is Thanksgiving next week. So we're taking a week off. We will be back the following week after that. So we will see you all in two weeks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>